Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right. John Perillo's with us. Hey, John. Sorry, I got, got oh. in a lather and uh, cut into your time there, but... Time to rinse and repeat. You, oh, you, my uh, word. I, this is, a, this is you, the you, headline of every... The three newspapers, they you know, our three newspapers that that I peruse every day, they uh, were owned by a local family. Well, then the local family got out of the day to day management, so there was no one to bitch to when they were when they went insane, and now they've fired all the local people, and it's out of town ownership, and they made the papers just as bad or worse. I forget who said the line that the only way Israel will be able to satisfy the international community would be if it were to fail. Yes. And uh, I I always thought that was a good good statement and a true one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and I appreciate you you continuing to to push that because I think, like you said about the atrocities, people have forgotten what started this. Or they don't want to talk about it, or 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 right, and uh, you know, and for your listeners, that you can you go to the Jerusalem Post or just Google some of the try to find some of the videos of the atrocities. They're still out there, uh, although Google suppresses them. You have to kind of work yeah, to get them. Is that unbelievable? You, Why would you suppress you know, it? But, because it's the truth. You know, and if you see those, you will. Um, I guarantee you, you will have no. Uh, uh, you'll understand Bob's lathering a little bit more uh, clearly. So, um, but but I did want to. Talk and by about the way, John, finishing finishing yeah. that point. These are videos, not by the Jewish IDF, the Israeli IDF. Right. These are the videos of the terrorists. <laughs> right. They took them themselves. Right. So so, and I think that's another very important point that the, the that the purpose of the video was to be seen by us. Right. So I, I do think there is a reason for us to indulge that particular thing that they wanted us to do, because I think, you know, all the way back to the beginnings of Monday Musings, when we talked about Hebrew theology, that evil is absolutely real. And, you know, we, a lot of times we ignore that. We, we tend to try to make believe that it's not or that, you know, it's whatever the whatever these other conditions are that might lead to it. And I think if you were to watch some of those videos and some of those things that Bob described and, and they're in there. Um, that you would probably come to the same conclusion that I have, that evil is a very real thing. And it's, it, there's no uh, – I don't know how to describe it other than to say it is abject. I mean, it's just – it's wanton. It's, it's, it's stuff that we would have trouble imagining. Yeah. Um, 
And, and, and then Bob brought up another point, which I thought was very interesting. We talked about, you know, the, the crime and, you know, what do we do about it? And, and I did. And actually, that, that kind of do, does lead into the topic for today, which I know is a little bit off topic for what we've just been talking about. But if you bear with me, I think you'll start to see some parallels. And a while back, we talked about Guyana and how there was a border dispute with Venezuela and how it might affect us because of oil production. But today I wanted to talk about Ecuador with a little bit of recent history and what's happening there. You know, and that region has always been a hotbed of unrest, but Ecuador was generally quite peaceful, relatively well run and something of an oasis of stability. But if you're listening to the news, the same the same news that Bob's talking about here, there were some drug wars recently and the accusations from the and I'm going to put this in air quotes as usual, the international community of civil rights abuses. And the, the president, who is Nayab Bukhaili, has been getting some international heat for some of his actions. And what we've been hearing is how the country is a hotbed of now, a hotbed of prison riots and cocaine and cartels. And the world, and particularly the U.S. as the man for cocaine, has really destabilized countries and in that region and has caused Ecuador to use the military internal to their country to quell civil unrest. And it's that crackdown that's getting all the news com- uh, coverage in Ecuador. So you may have heard that, right? So as usual, because in Monday Ecuador, music, yes, but unless you're following yes. closely, you don't know yeah. what's going on there. So that's why I was I was happy you wanted to bring it up. Yeah. So let's so because it's Monday musings, let's let's have a little bit of background. So right about the time the COVID nineteen pandemic was taking off, Ecuador, uh, the, in in Ecuador, the criminal violence rate also took off, and that was partly because there are really no good options for workers displaced by the reaction to the pandemic. And remember that as the great Thomas Sowell always reminds us, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. So globally, we shut down official economies and then the unofficial ones flourished. And to give you an idea how bad it got, here's some round numbers. Ecuador's homicide rate in 2019 was about 6.7 per 100,000, meaning the entire country was about as violent as East LA. So not good. But by 2023, the estimated homicide rate, and I'm going to say estimated because they couldn't count them all, was about 45 per 100,000. Call it a 500% increase. And there's some estimates that may have been as high as 100 per 100,000. And those are absolutely crazy numbers. And the principal reason for the increase in violence was because the country had become the epicenter for cocaine trafficking in Latin America. And so in addition to its own production, Ecuador is sandwiched between Colombia and Peru, the world's top producers of cocoa. And there was a recent seizure, I think, down in Ecuador of 22 tons of cocaine. And while that sounds like a great victory for law enforcement, the real issue is that it tells us just instead how large the volumes of cocaine are that are transiting Ecuador if you can capture 22,000 tons of it. Um, there's probably one other major reason that caused Ecuador problems, uh, in, in, and that's about in 2000. Ecuador dollarized their economy to stop their triple-digit inflation. And basically what that means is they changed their official currency to the dollar, which prevents the usual government shenanigans from inflating their currency unless we do the same thing. But it also had the effect of making it unnecessary for drug traffickers to have to do any money laundering because all the, the conversions were already done in dollars. So that helped make Ecuador kind of the prime shipping mm. location for cocaine. And because of that, Heads you Ecuador's win, tails you lose. Exactly. Exactly. So Ecuador's gangs kind of allied themselves with their powerful cartels in Mexico and Colombia and Venezuela. And they, as they did that, they replicated 
in Ecuador, some of the criminal rivalries that those other countries had. And that meant that the gangs in Ecuador had more money and better weapons than the government did. And the citizens are, of course, naturally terrified of the gang. So in steps the new president, Nabib Bukele, who signals that his commitment to an absolutely iron-fisted approach to crime fighting. And that's what the population wanted. And in recent polls, uh, Bukele's approval rating is something above 80%. I mean, it's unheard of how popular this guy is. And at the same time, there's a fear from, again, in quotes, the global community, because, of course, is that Bukele's government enforcement is beginning to look like a permanent state of exception. And his support internal to uh, Ecuador comes from the fact that the homicide rate dropped from that 45 to 100,000. And remember, that's the low end estimate to about 2.4 per 100,000, which is lower than the U.S., by the way. Mm. Right. So this is what that president did. So the press, of course, wants to say that this is a conservative regime abusing human rights. And they aren't entirely wrong, but what they fail to tell you is that, you know. <laughs> I, we got to take a break, John Perl. I want to continue the subject. Uh, yeah, it, is it, that is so classic. We we go from 45 to two and a half per 100,000 murders, and that's a bad thing. We'll take a break a on that thing. note. A little uh, uh, history, a little music after we hear from our great sponsors, and then more John Perillo Monday Musings. And let's get back to John Perillo, Ecuador. So, all right. So they let, let me ask a question, John Perillo. How badly were human rights being abused? And this is a truthful question. In order, uh, I mean, was it martial law that was imposed? What did they do that was contrary to the human rights of the Ecuadorian people? Uh, in order to accomplish this, what is no, a no mean feat to reduce the murder rate that much? Right. And, and of course, great question. And the answer is that they did they did impose some more martial law. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, but the, the issue is that the, what the press fails to tell you is that the current security crisis actually began during the president of the gentleman's name was Rafael Correa, who was a leftist national. He was elected in 2007. And as a way to fight violence, Mr. Correa officially recognized some of the gangs and allowed them to gain legal re- recognition as what he called community groups. And by the way, if any of this sounds familiar, you know, make the connection. <laughs> right? So oh then my God. Correa's successor, yeah. Vice President Lenin Moreno, he slashes security funding and ends some of the teams that were critical to, to fighting crime. And if you want to call that defunding, to coin a phrase, you can. Right. And then came the economic room of COVID-19 that we talked about. And Ecuador's economy contracts by about 8 percent in 2020. And that creates a lot of recruits for the drug gangs. And after that disaster, then President Guillermo Lesso takes office in 2021. And by that time, the government is playing whack-a-mole. And his term ends when rather than facing impeachment, he disbands Congress and basically resigns. And then finally, the people have had enough. And there's this uh, anti-corruption candidate, a gentleman named Fernando Valenciendo, and he vows to finish off the mafias in his words. He gets assassinated, exiting a campaign event, and that's when Nayib Bekele gets elected. So to be fair, Bekele's in almost an impossible position when he gets there. And, and so that brings us kind of right to today and what was in the news. And on January 8th, one of the, one of the big gang leaders, a guy named Jose Adolfo Macier Villamo, He's a leader of one of the big gangs. He escapes from his jail cell right before he's supposed to be transferred to a maximum security prison. And Bekele just declares, you know, answering Bob's question here. Sorry, it always takes me a while to get to it. 
a state of exception. And that had been done on numerous occasions by his predecessors. But in this particular case, the, the security forces and the military conduct a nationwide hunt for this guy. And in fairness to the press, you know, there has been some concern about some – the state of exception was pretty rough. Lots of people were arrested without any charges. Criminal, the criminal groups wound up declaring war on the government. There's car bombs detonating in the capital city of Quito. Prisoners are rioting. They took scores and scores of guards and prisoners and staff as hostages, executed several of them, all while school chaos. children are fleeing. Absolute you know, chaos. Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos, right? So in response to that, Bukele announces what's called an internal armed conflict meaning that Ecuador was going to treat their criminals the same way they would treat enemy combatants engaged in irregular warfare, meaning that if an enemy combatant comes onto your territory and he's not wearing a uniform, you kill him, right? So what helped him was the fact that gangs like MS-13 and the 18th Street clique were easy to identify because they had their, their membership tattooed on their faces. And rather than wait for a specific crime to be committed – he preemptively arrested them and placed them in jungle and cave prisons in the middle of nowhere. And these, these prisons were pretty escape-proof because even if you got out of the prison, the jungle wasn't going to get you. So that's where we are today. And to Bob's point, you know, there were a lot of people saying, hey, look, you can't take these people off the street that haven't committed a crime and stick them in the jungle. And, and, and Bekele's response was they're wearing their gang membership on their faces – and therefore, I don't have to wait for them to commit a crime. Well, in the United for, States, for gang membership is a crime. Uh, well, I, <laughs> that's I'm what, leaving that to that's you. That's what RICO is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pointing out that in this, and in, in, in this has implications for us in the U.S. in a lot of different ways. Right? All right, but, let, you know, let's get to is, those. Let's get to those momentarily. We've got to take a break. John Perillo, Monday Musings, and uh, we're going to do our, our hear from our great sponsors. We'll do our uh, veterans tribute, the weather, and then more John Perillo to, to wrap it up on Ecuador. These are things we need to know about. When, when John goes, wants to go someplace that's sort of far-flung from our daily uh, media directives, I want to go there. And that's what Monday Musings is all about. We'll be back. All right, let's finish up with uh, John Perillo. John, uh, so tell us, give us where we are now. So I think I think the reason why I, I one I thought it was an interesting story on the relative merits of how you what do you do when you have a major crime problem, and you know again we can't overestimate just how bad Ecuador's crime problem was. I mean, imagine your worst inner city in the United States, and this is many many times worse, and it's countrywide. So. You know, what what is a leader supposed to do when they're given that situation? And it, it reminds me kind of of a story uh, in history of the way the British used to treat their colonies and the way they did. They did this uniformly everywhere was the first thing they do was was to create order. They wanted to quell uh, inner uh, in those days, tribal riots or tribal warfare. Those things were brought under control. And only then and only then did they allow for some you know, democratic processes. And any, if you look at the world today, you know, former British colonies tend to do a lot better than a lot of other places in the world, because that was part of the way they, they taught um, their culture to other people. And I know that's an unpopular thing to say nowadays, but it's a fact. Um, 
And, yeah, and, and, so and it we generally at, improved the people they were overseeing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, Western and you culture can, and you can see is that. the best. Right. Period. Right. And you can see that relative to the French or the Belgians or the other or other colonists and then, who didn't do that. And what happened to those those places where they were. Right. So so I think that's kind of number one. Number two, I think as we look at you know, our immigration problem, we have to acknowledge that there are some real problems in other places in, in South America. And that, and that doesn't mean that we should have an order, uh, open border, but it does mean that you know, things like our cocaine addiction in this country are real issues for the world. And that, that's something that you know, for anybody who's contemplating using that crap, sorry, that stuff. Well, Kamala you know, Harris will get to this. She's getting to the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the root Which causes. is one of those things. Okay, another discussion. Right. So understand that those things have implications beyond our borders, right? So we and we need to think about our when we talk about our our law enforcement and our drug enforcement. That we when we do those things, not only do the, do we do those things to help ourselves, but we should be doing those things because they you know they make the world a little bit of a better place to live. Right? And 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 I just and the only reason why I wanted to bring up Ecuador again is because. You know, law and order has to come first before anything else. If your citizens can't be living in fear, you know, you can, you can talk about democracy and, and participation in the government all you want. But if you're if you're if your citizenry is terrified, it doesn't really matter. Right? You know, first, you have to have order. There's, it's, think of it like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right? You have to be safe before you can worry about, you know, whether whether you have a say in government. And that's what the Ecuadorian people we're telling their government loud and clear, and it took Mr. Bekele to actually understand that and to make that happen. Um, and I just thought that was an interesting lesson from our hemisphere fear for change. And, uh, we, John Pro, <laughs> let's do this. Let's follow that. And I, I quickly, because we got to take a break, but um, you mentioned you want to talk about China and, and a, a stunning fact in the front of the Wall Street Journal, uh, provided by Jim Savico and Arkman. Uh, is the Chinese the China is the most obese country in the world? I I, I figured it right. had to be America. Yeah, we might want to save that because I have a little more research to do on that. But I mean, for your listeners this week, but pay attention to what's going on in the Chinese market. The Chinese market's down something like thirty percent. Um, the Chinese are collapsing in their um, in their real estate market in part because they again in a command environment. They're, they're, exactly. So there is a lot of things going on in China that show that it's beginning to have some, you know, those cracks are now coming out. And it's one thing to have problems in China that nobody knows about. But when the world starts to hear about them, that puts Z in a very tough position. So I, I'm going to do some more research on that, Bob, and I'll, I'll be ready to, you know, to go on that. But for your listeners, please listen this week to what's going on in China. I think that's going to be a next big story. All right, my friend. John Perillo, Monday Musings here on a Tuesday. Thank you, as always, my friend. And thank you to you and your listeners. You know, I enjoy spending time with you guys. So you take care and have a great week. All right. We'll be back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 